1: Before we get started, we just wanted to include a trigger warning for this episode. Um, This episode could include a discussion about some themes and topics that might be upsetting, um, including but not limited to things like substance abuse, suicide, self-harm, disordered eating, and harassment and assault. So if any of those topics are too upsetting, we totally get it. Um, Please feel free to skip this episode and join us next week. Otherwise, we hope you enjoy
0: welcome back to another episode of analyze scripts we're really excited to be talking about the morning show season one for this episode Mm -hmm. Um, i feel a little late to the game as this came out in november of 2019 and i'm just discovering it (laughs) and it was phenomenal it
1: is phenomenal it really is did you watch it earlier i watched it earlier but only like last year okay like I wasn't watching it in real time um but I did watch it s- I feel like the the three COVID years are kind of a blur but mm-hmm. I remember watching it and doing a puzzle mm-hmm. and so I think
0: that must have been during COVID times. okay yeah there were a lot of puzzles <laughs> I yeah that's that's like a I don't know if that's a trauma member memory. I have no, a puzzle or... in a long
1: time yeah. I think it's just like I can't you know yeah that makes sense <laughs> But no, I mean, The Morning Show is such a good show. So we're excited to be covering seasons one and two ahead of the release of season yep. three this fall. Um, and of course, we'll be covering that as well, like in real time. Mm-hmm. Um, but gosh, what an all-star cast. Yeah. One thing I love about it is that a lot of the main characters, you know, Jennifer Aniston, Reese Witherspoon, Steve Carell, are like known comedic actors lighthearted right? rom coms. like yep. sure they've all done some serious stuff here and there but like man they all really pack a punch yes. and they're so good and i love seeing them in these bigger mm-hmm. like grittier more
0: complicated roles like i love seeing jennifer aniston like this i was shocked like yeah i i still you know we were talking a little bit about this before we re- started recording and like i have no idea how i was sleeping on the show like I I think we kind of said it's Apple. Like I, I think, I think so. it's like Apple's probably unfortunately like one of the last streaming services it's that like, people think of. Yeah, getting. it's
1: like you get like Netflix, right? And then you probably get Hulu. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, oh, do I really want to pay for Apple or right. not? By the way, Apple, if you want to sponsor us, feel free. We yeah. love you. We're both paying independently. Shrinking. You know, we love it. The morning show. They have a new Beanie Baby movie out. <laughs> yes, with um Sarah Snook and uh yes, and Zach Galifianakis. Yeah. Um, which I I read the book it's based on because obviously oh, you did? yes, I feel like that would be a fun one for mm-hmm. us to cover. Um, they have really good content, but I think you're right, Ted Lasso. Um, but I think it's just not quite as popular for some reason. Um, so maybe that's why. Like, did you have Apple back in twenty nineteen? No, probably
0: not. It's just fabulous. So I have not really seen season two yet. I like cut it off. Yeah, you know, I, I had to restrain my arm from hitting next um, because I just, you know, I, I was going to not sleep this mm-hmm. week watching season <laughs> two, and I was like, slow down. You don't need to watch it yet, but. I'm like, you know, at the edge of my seat. What happened?
1: Yes. And I I think like, you know, when we started this podcast, Portia, we had some major shows in mind that we wanted to cover you, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, the morning show, obviously, White Lotus, obviously. And then there's a couple more, like Devil in Ohio and Tell Me Lies, which we want to cover at yep. some point. But I feel like this is, we're getting close to the end of shows I have to rewatch <laughs> for the podcast, which I'm appreciating. Yeah. <laughs> so I have seen seasons one and two, but it is still so fascinating to rewatch mm-hmm. it. Like, even though I know what's coming, I miss little details the first time around, right. like the button under the desk that shuts the door you know like somehow i missed that the first time i watched mm. it and even knowing the ending like with hannah rewatching it is just really interesting to then see like how do they portray that character's right. evolution and i always wonder do the actors know like the ending when they get started filming or do they not and i bet it's different
0: by show, yeah, I think it depends. and I it's so funny that you said that because I just saw this morning, um that Sarah Snook um, mm-hmm. um, read like the week of yes. this, them filming the last episode that Tom Wom well, scams spoiler spoiler alert for succession season four um pause da 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 da. da becomes yes. right, the successor. I read that, too. I read and that, too. And she was shocked. And yeah. I was just like, wow, she didn't know. Like, and yes. so some of, the, I think they want some of that to be, like, organic, right, in, like, their emotions of, like, oh, Right, what? So. right. And also, like, so fascinating, right, because then it's like she has portrayed
1: this character all along, mm-hmm. Not knowing that's going to be the outcome, and that probably does influence how they portray the character, yeah. right? It's so fascinating. It someday is. when our podcast is really big, I so hope we get to talk to the writers mm-hmm. and stuff, and just like pick their brains, yeah, like analyze them, analyzing their work, mm-hmm. and just make everyone
0: uncomfortable, yeah. <laughs> by being like super analyzing. Yeah, how did you? How did you get this so right? <laughs> Tell, Tell me about yeah. your childhood. Tell me trauma. about your mother. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but we see Alex as a mother, Ooh, as a partner at work, at home. Um and she seems Would you like to take it from here as Awful. your description? <laughs> yeah.
1: I mean, so again, Jennifer Aniston in a role like this, like I as as I was thinking about, you know, getting ready to record this episode, I was like, I feel like I think I know who Jennifer Aniston is. But I don't, obviously. Right. But she is like America's sweetheart. Mm-hmm. I think we all think of her as like doing yoga and drinking a green shake and but being really nice yeah. and like a girl's girl and like having some dogs that she takes really good care of. Mm-hmm. Right. And just like an all around good person. Right. Doesn't cheat on her taxes. You know, eats healthy. I have no idea if that's true. Like, what if this is her? Right. I, we don't know. I know. I know. Um, But I just say that because this this was such a different role Mm -hmm. for her. Um, And she did a really good job. And I loved watching it a second time. And as we get toward the end, still wondering, like, is any of this genuine? Or is she just like a huge raging narcissist like clinically a narcissist? Right.
0: what do you, what were your thoughts? I think I was back and forth and mm-hmm. you know as we as we often wonder, like was that intentional? Mm-hmm. like was it was it intentional in writing or did she, you know, her acting just kind of come up with that organically because I think back and forth, like I really was, like rooting for her or felt sorry for her and then the next moment i was like furious with her the next moment i was like you're terrible Mm -hmm. so i i don't know like i i i think where i left off um at the end of season one like i was really proud of her it seemed like she finally was yeah pulled the wool from her eyes which maybe she put there intentionally or not i think that was the question and Mm -hmm. like decided to maybe get fired i don't know if she also though right like sensed the sinking ship and decided to be on like quote-unquote the right side i don't know
1: exactly i don't know either Mm -hmm. and i think that's fascinating and probably exactly where we're supposed to end up Mm -hmm. and jennifer aniston did such a stellar job in this role, and all the writers and everyone in sort of crafting her character, right? So to sort of back up, if you haven't watched season one of The Morning Show, first of all, go watch it. Second of all, the main plot is that, you know, there's these two news anchors on like the major morning show in New York City, uh, Mitch Kessler, played by Steve Carell, and Alex Levy, played by Jennifer Aniston. And the show starts with Mitch, Steve Carell's character, getting fired for sexual misconduct. And it's set in the era of Me Too. Um, you know, I believe it started, uh, like, going into production in, in 2017. It was a, a released in 2019, all around the time when the Me Too movement was really catching ground, you know, on Twitter, on Instagram, social media, um, with actors and actresses, like, really coming forward. about Harvey Weinstein, but then other major heavy hitters in Hollywood. Um, I did want to just, we both did want to just make note that, you know, the Me Too movement and hashtag had been around for far longer than that. About nine years ahead of that, uh, Tarana Burke had started using it on her own, uh, social media back then, MySpace, uh, in 2006 to talk about, you know, her experiences as a sexual assault survivor, um, and to really start pushing forward, like, you know, congressional legislation and, and other sort of political mm-hmm. and activist movements. And then it really took off when Alyssa Milano and other actors and actresses like were yeah. using it. Um so that's like the setting where this is all created. And interestingly, right around the time Matt Lauer got fired for sexual misconduct, right? right? And I kept my wondering like, is this Matt Lauer or is it not
0: right. Matt Lauer, right? And like, you know, I think the producers and writers or the showrunner like had to deny it on record. But like, I think there's a lot of speculation that it's like it's I mean, it's that like whether or not, you know, there was specifics or not like that's the general sense of what happened. And I think what I really actually liked about their like depiction of the morning show is that they were covering all of the real things yeah. right so like the fire weinstein was you mm-hmm. know there's that episode where alex is watching you know a mm-hmm. segment on him and she's like oh what a pig right and then the fires right. in malibu like all of that and then the f- hired firefighters like mm-hmm. all of those things were actually happening, happening in real time and i just i loved that component because it felt so real mm-hmm. um and sometimes not like I was watching a show. I was like actually watching a morning show. Right. And so I I think like some of that makes me think like it it is kind of based. I feel on like him. it.
1: Right. I mean we have no idea. So Matt Lauer, please don't sue us. Um, this is all alleged, but it seems like I mean I think there we were reading some article this morning that the button in the dressing room like is a thing that he mm-hmm. had. Like how sick. How sick that gave me
0: um, full body chills. <laughs> yeah, and I, I can't remember who it was. Mia. Mia who mm-hmm. went in there and she pushed the button and like and the door slammed. And I was like, whoa. Yeah. That's like,
1: it just, it really does send yeah. a chill down your spine. Um, So, you know, like we've talked about before um you know sexual misconduct sexual assault sexual harassment is unfortunately incredibly common you know the world health organization estimates that um the prevalence of sexual violence affects a third of all women worldwide that's insane like a, it's like insane because i'm not surprised but it's also insane that it affects so many mm-hmm. of us just walking around yeah. and it's just so like normal mm-hmm. right Um, And I think like when stuff like that is normalized, and this is worldwide, this isn't just in American culture, but worldwide, when it is normalized, it's hard to discern if what you're experiencing and those inner icky feelings are because of that behavior or because of your own like, quote unquote, like sensitivity or like overreaction. Mm -hmm. We have a tendency to say like about women. Um, And so much of this stuff is, like not overtly out there until it is right Right. but there's usually like a long progression we see that depicted Mm -hmm. in this show
0: and there was some um i read a couple articles and comments that were like unhappy about that there was some criticism on Mm. on some of the grayness that the morning show took um with with kind of how it landed and i think from my perspective as someone like who works with People who have experienced this, I, 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 I'm torn because on the one hand, it's like I think they did a really good job of showing the the grayness that makes it so hard for mm-hmm. someone who experienced it to delineate, like wait did that really happen and was it really mm-hmm. sexual assault or not mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and you know and then the people around you also being kind of like confused or mm-hmm. unsure but because I think they wanted it to be like really black and white yeah especially with
1: Hannah with
0: Hannah and mm-hmm. I think though like it it was intentionally not Right. Her getting dragged into a bush by Mitch um, and uh, she's screaming or bloody murder, or right? Like, yeah. That. So and because, again, like, as we talked about in earlier episodes, like, that's not common. Like, that's right. actually, you know, Less more common. rare. It does absolutely happen. But, like, this, I, I think they kind of hit the nail on the like, head. Like, this is what happens. Right. How... I, I i don't know i i appreciated it but i could also you know understand some of the criticism just wanting to really be what was so the criticism clearer.
1: exactly then? so it
0: was that like it kind of going back and forth right with hannah like quote unquote making the decision while after like after it was initiated without her consent to kind of go with it as she says hmm. um, she says that in the interview with bradley that she kind of just decided to mm-hmm. to do it um, after obviously being distressed and not, yeah, yeah, um, I think that they wanted it to be more clear, so people who don't understand it, like yeah. would
1: right, like I was just thinking, like, you know, uh, that's such a good point because I think in that scene, so what we're referring to is you know, when this is near the end of season one, right? We see, so like Mitch gets fired. Um, and then he's all angry that like how this is all, these are all consensual affairs. Mm-hmm. Like how could anyone accuse me of these awful things? And we see he's like out on a quest to like clear his name. Yep. Um, and then, you know, there's this, this chance that now Alex might be fired. She's getting older. People are bored of her. Um, there's all this like, you know, backstabbing and like stress going on in the network with the higher ups and all the businessy things and then we see her like spring on everyone that she's decided that bradley jackson this new like uh nobody from nowhere is going to be the new morning show co-host right and then bradley jackson is this like truth teller and basically you know Eventually, it comes that she really wants to. Bradley wants to uncover the truth of like who at the network knew who was covering it up, and that's all really interesting, and we'll get into it. But near the end, you know, there was this thought that maybe Bradley would interview Mitch. You know, they'd already interviewed one of his other victims. Maybe they'd interview Mitch for like ratings and and all this stuff. Um, And everyone had a different goal with that interview. And as they're getting to that, we see what happened between Mitch and Hannah unfold. And until then, Hannah was just this like sort of background character. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden we really see that she was another one of his victims. Um, And so I thought the depiction of this, like perfectly displayed the power differential between the white male head anchor and the black younger female, I don't even know what she was. She was like a booker. A junior right? booker. A junior I mean, booker, yeah. right? So she's like fresh on the scene. Um, he like liked her, right? So then asked that she be brought out to Las Vegas to cover that shooting yep. again, another
0: like real event that happened. Um, he complimented her before that, like in mm-hmm. front of Chip, I think. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so that made her feel really good. Really special. And there was no, you know, I, th- I think keep going i'll i'll, yeah. I'll say this later <laughs>
1: um but again just a compliment not like right, a, right. about her appearance not mm-hmm. about what she was wearing just like about her work right but it's like it's already starting like it's already starting you he can knows see what grooming. he's doing yes. that's exactly yep. what it is it's grooming um he asked for mia to be taken off because that was who he'd had an affair with leading up to that mia had to re- you know, recently broken it off. Mia is also black, but she's older. She's been around longer. So there's still a power difference, right? And a racial difference, but different from Hannah. I thought that was really interesting Mm -hmm. that they kind of show both of those piggybacked. And then we see him just take advantage of Hannah, who is clearly struggling with like covering this awful trauma. So Hannah's already traumatized, right? Who's not? like, covering a mass shooting, right? She's, like, vicariously traumatized, sort of coping with that. And he sort of is showing interest in her... um, And things unfold, right? I can't remember the exact sequence of events, but it was like they bumped into each other. They were walking around. Maybe they got a drink. She's sad. She's sad. He's He's giving her some advice. Right. She's thinking Mm. of him as like a mentor. She's young. Of course you want to be mentored by like the head honcho. Mm -hmm. And then he invites her up to his hotel room. And that's where I think you're like, erf. Why did you go? But again,
0: it's like. And he's this, like, right? Dad. Fatherly figure. figure. Exactly. He's like America's dad. Yep, yep. You know? And they say that a couple of times, which I think is for me so important because again, it, it, it demonstrates like he's not, I guess, to the outside world a and creep. at that point, Hannah. <laughs> like creepy right Right. so it's like oh he's you know he's jolly he's he's kind and welcoming right and
1: you know he invites her up to watch a movie that he likes to watch when he's feeling down it's like okay you know i could see how you might go again i feel like i could see why you shouldn't go right but i could also see how hannah not being in her most stable state of mind could feel like this was nice. She's so upset. She's so traumatized. This, like, well-seasoned, successful person who's recently complimented her work, Mm. asked her to be here, is showing interest in her and comforting her. Like, you also don't get, like, icky vibes full on, No, you know, until they're there and until it gets to that point. But then... She's being traumatized again, right? And we often think about, like, when trauma is happening, that fight or flight response. But included in that is the freeze response, right? Where you kind of play dead, mm-hmm. right? And, like, you see this in animals in the wild, too. And I think that's, like, that's what happened. And she I was, like, say, playing
0: dead. I'm sure there's, you know, maybe an, a research article on this that, you know, it would be helpful to have. But, like, in my experience, freezing is the most common response most common, to sexual trauma. Most common, 100%. It
1: It is. And what's really confusing, I think, for survivors of sexual assault like this is that psychologically you're freezing, but biologically in terms of like arousal and things like that, that will biologically happen whether you necessarily want it to or not. Mm. And so that's where it gets really confusing, at least in my work with survivors of things like this, right? Because like they might have biological reactions that are, you know, you might have if you're having consensual sex. And
0: then Um, the shame, right? So it's like, how could I have reacted in that way if I didn't want it?
1: And it's like, because it's biological, you can't control it. Mm -hmm. Just like you can't control... When you're going through something traumatic, if you fight, flight, or freeze, like you can't always control it. You're being traumatized. It's like your body's most primitive way of protecting itself, Mm -hmm. right? So I just feel like you can't blame her. No. You can't blame her, right? She may have felt like, who knows, right? That's just what happened. Mm -hmm. She was traumatized. I found that really hard to watch.
0: That whole episode really. I think was, like, so imperative to the season because up until then, I think it, like, wasn't clear mm-hmm. um, if it was, right, like, quote-unquote just abuses of power mm-hmm. with Mitch. And, like, it was... I'd say besides the abuse of power and and um, power dynamics and stuff like that, like, consensual where everyone's an adult here, blah, blah. Every, blah. It's but just like, affairs, it was was like what he was like, saying. Whoa. Right. Um,
1: and, and up until that point, they had showed, like... Mitch relating to, um, Dick, played by Martin yeah. Short, in a way of being like, Oh, these women are so sensitive these days. You can't even compliment a woman anymore. Right. But then, like, as they're talking at his house, when he's trying to pitch, like, let's make a documentary where we get, like, interviewed and tell our side of the story. And then it's he realizes like oh this guy's like legit a pedophile
0: he right. doesn't and see there's anything wrong and he's like well I'm not like or like I'm well, not you're like this you. and I'm like it's so interesting that he right he's like separates himself from yes. Dick that he's like
1: and again like yes I think it's fascinating that he still thinks he's like special or different like he's not that bad of a predator like he can't see his his
0: own action he's not appreciating what he actually did but then he's so good at manipulating hannah yes, on. that i'm like way. you do know that's
1: what i mean yeah exactly and it's like he knew what he was doing you know she, yeah. does, she doesn't have to say like no or stop even though she tries he right. keeps going right you know so it's like what do you like at what point is it on like, why does the woman or whoever's being victimized have to keep, like, screaming no from the rooftops? And why why aren't right. you, like, held accountable to just know that this is wrong? Like, you should
0: you should know. Right, like, right? she says, I wasn't expecting this when I came up here. And, like, okay, so, like, maybe pull back and be like, okay, like, well, what were you expecting? And then, like, you know, just talking. Okay, like, now we're just going to talk. Like, there were, I mean, of course, I like, opportunities. what he was doing. And, and then he says to her, right, to get her to talk. That whole part was oh, so so sick, so horrible to watch. Like, you know, well, you manipulated me to get the job. You used me. Well, this is going to come out, right? So, whether wh- you wanted to right. or not. So, again, that's another trauma and abuse of power, and you know, not consent.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What
0: did you think about Bradley's, um, like, interview? her conversations with Hannah um kind of at that at that part so
1: bradley jackson as a character i find i have mixed reactions to like on the one hand i love reese witherspoon and i think she's a great actress Some parts of Bradley, I felt like were a little too try hard, if that makes sense. Like, yeah, she's a truth teller. Great. But some of it was like a little too much for me. Um, I thought her backstory was really compelling, like about her her dad and how he had apparently killed a child by drunk driving and she had been the one to turn him in. And then, you know, her own brother struggling with addiction and how she seems to be like bearing the responsibility of that, both financial and emotionally and Her mom is kind of struggling, Mm. to put it lightly. I found all of that really interesting. I believe we see more of that in season two, so I'm excited to revisit that. Um, But in general, like, I felt like when Bradley was interviewing both the initial victim they had come back on the air and then Hannah, like, some of the things she was saying I thought were, like, Good things to say, like kind of like therapist things to say, like, you know, echoing back, like, oh, I hear you're saying this, like, that's hard. No, it's okay to cry. Take your time. Let me get you a tissue. Like, she was very humanistic Mm -hmm. and relatable and could say things like that. When we got to this stuff with Hannah, I was just like, it made me so uncomfortable because we already know at this point that Hannah is like uber traumatized. We see that she's abusing drugs. I think in Vegas, that yep. was when she had offered to her coworker, like we're going to be up for the next thirty six hours. Do yeah, you that want Adderall? The
0: California fire thing,
1: or that was in the yeah. fire. There was something earlier yep. on where you know she has she's has Adderall. Mm-hmm. She seems to be abusing it. Who knows what Hannah's backstory is? I wouldn't be surprised if there had been earlier traumas in her life or or something like that. Um, and then we see that she's like kind of been oh, not kind of she's been super triggered by this whole thing with Mitch um and all this stuff coming out. And I feel like, you know, like him just showing up at the uh mm-hmm. at the morning yeah. show that day and like talking to everyone and everyone's like listening, but also looks really scared. I was so afraid he was gonna like pull out a gun. <laughs> you know, like I was just like, oh my yeah. God, this is like a bad situation. disgruntled, like powerful man just like showing up. I was like really worried. Um and then with Hannah in that interview with Bradley, I feel like I'm going off on a tangent, but it just felt like people kept re-traumatizing her by pushing her or insisting she do things or like forcing it on her. Right. Like it starts with Mitch again and it pissed me off. I was like you've already forced yourself on this poor girl. You're doing it again. You are so manipulative and it's disgusting and you're just twisting you're it all around. At her home. Unannounced, unwanted. It's just like you are traumatizing her. But then for Bradley and everyone else to push her to go along with it, they're doing it I too. Know. I
0: was so angry at Bradley because it, you could like see that she was aware because she was like, "Oh, like there was some like hesitation or there was some like yeah wow like she's really you know when when hannah kind of finally like quote unquote loses it and goes on that like monologue of what mm-hmm. happened and how she's feeling like bradley's like whoa and it's like okay like you you are and then you know she kind of walks back and it's like well we don't need to do this like you're clearly upset and it's like but you made her feel this way right, right exactly. now. like like you forced her to do, right, the moral thing, which I think oftentimes is something that we do put on victims of like, right, well, it's the right thing to do to press charges or like, you mm-hmm. don't want this to happen to someone else. It's not your responsibility.
1: 100%. And I think it's so important that we keep pushing that message out there that like when you are the victim of something traumatic or like an assault or something like that, you get to decide what you do next. Mm -hmm. Right. And it is so re-traumatizing to like tell victims like, well, you have to report it. You have to do this. Like, because again, the whole trauma was forced on them.
0: I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for, but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me.
2: they don't want, they didn't
1: consent to, it. it's so intrusive. And now you're like doing it again. Right. And I think loved ones, family members, society can be well-meaning and wanting, like you can, you know, like I can see how people around you might want to like, quote unquote, support you mm-hmm. by helping you like step into your power and, and get re- retribution and stuff like that. But it's on that person it happened to, to decide right. what is best for them. Right. Because like we've talked about the system. Isn't like super welcoming to victims right. and and just believes you right? It, that whole thing can be really traumatizing too. And again, it's like Bradley. This whole time is like I just wanted the truth. Like I just want the truth. But then it's like we. I feel like we saw her selfishness mm-hmm. and own like thirst for power there, and it was icky. Yeah, you know. And it's like Hannah doesn't want this. Like she said, like. Mitch, I'll tell, I'll do whatever you want. Just leave me alone and don't use my name. And it's again, it's like she feels like coerced to do mm-hmm. that. She doesn't want to, but then they all just keep pushing her, pushing her, pushing her. And, and it's the network
0: reaching out and offering her this job. I mean, it's
1: like so sick. But this stuff happens, mm-hmm. you know, like it happens. And then, sadly, we see that eventually she dies, and it's unclear. Was it
0: an accidental overdose? Was it intentional? What were your thoughts? Uh, I don't know. I mean, it seemed like, you know, she was abusing Adderall. We, You know, of course, we don't know what she took right when she OD'd. Um,
1: I think opiates is what I'm guessing mm-hmm.
0: because there was like vomit and, and stuff
1: yeah. like that.
0: And it's so lethal. Right. And like maybe you know we we know that if you are we we often see like some mixing right mm-hmm. if you are using like a stimulant to stay up it's like typically sometimes then you need a downer to like go to bed or something mm-hmm. like that and those are when things get really dangerous mm-hmm. um so i don't it might have been like in that way accidental right mm-hmm. she was like abusing Adderall and then like needed to go to bed yeah um and then she was anxious or upset and then she was like oh i'll just take something to help me sleep a sedative or something like yeah. that and then that happened i i don't know i mean i think it could have easily been either one
1: yeah I feel like I'm leaning toward accidental just because but again you know so I say that because she like accepted the new job she wanted to get out of there so she seemed what we call in the in the field like future oriented she had plans however all of this turmoil is going on she is so re-traumatized with no support um and her friend claire right um they just had a fight they just had a fight a falling out where hannah thought she was doing the right thing you know she saw claire with yanko who's the weatherman um and was i think concerned for her friend that the same thing was happening so she went to hr and we'll talk a little more about that whole portrayal um but so she's alone she's Abusing substances, like also in those moments when you're intoxicated or high or not in your, you know, sober mind, you can make decisions that like you can make such a split second decision. Mm -hmm. Just be like, you know what? This is too much. I'm done. So it's so unclear. It's so unclear, but it is so sad and devastating. And it's like, that's what it took, you know, like that's what it took to finally get
0: people to wake up. Right. Ah. That scene, you know, I thought was so well done with um, Bradley getting the phone call from Claire, right? So it's like the new guy, Aww. Malcolm, is like giving the speech, probably like, oh, you know, we're all family, even though everyone hates you. <laughs> and, um, and then Bradley, right? It's like then you don't hear anything. Right? Mm-hmm. We're just hearing kind of the music. We're just seeing the mouthing, mm-hmm. And then you see Bradley like walking up to the front and then you see her turn, right? It's all kind of slow. And then every, you know, she clearly says that. Hannah has died and everyone falls apart and it's just like I mean that the whole last episode was oh. just, just like I just I wanted more like of, yeah. of every scene I wanted m- more shots I wanted more time yeah uh,
1: yeah I know
0: I Chip, know you know beating up Mitch I was like oh,
1: finally so Chip is like the producer <laughs> yeah or the showrunner um and he's played by Mark Duplass. And then we also have the other people in power are Fred, yep. who's the president of UBA, played by Tom Irwin. And then we have Corey, who is the president of the news division of uda played by billy crudup he was like my favorite character in
0: this he was so like eccentric and quirky and like i don't even know oh my god and like midway through when
1: he was like helping drunk bradley get back to her room and that episode ended with the elevators closing i was like no is it gonna happen Mm -hmm. to bradley and it didn't it seems like he was like just made sure she was safe slept on the couch you know but it totally leaves you wondering um. Oh, my God. I just, again, I felt like I was sort of back in thinking about succession in terms of trying to figure out, like, okay, so who has all the power mm-hmm. and who's trying to overthrow who? And again, we have this, like, board of board people with all the power everyone's afraid right. of and, like,
0: ratings and all these things. When Alex meets with those, that board, right, and she's like, they're expecting her to apologize, Mm. um right and she just like kind of goes (laughs) off on them and she's like well this isn't the apology you expected was it and it's like it's all men right yeah all white men yeah
1: so getting back to alex i'm curious to hear your thoughts about her
0: so the scene with her and her daughter i mean obviously came later but like i think to me was like helped me understand her more,
1: like who she authentically
0: is yep it seems like she was a little emotionally and physically, um, like, neglectful, unavailable mm-hmm. to her family. It seems like she did, you know, I, I guess— prioritize her career that's how they felt um i thought it was interesting her relationship with her husband it seems mm-hmm. like you know they they were very clearly separated but then like would put on this show yes a in front of their daughter and then b also in front of just like For the public public
1: yeah like when they were going to that award ceremony yep.
0: and then her hosting the party Ugh. um she definitely i think like dismissed him a lot mm-hmm. i i don't i think she. Th- was more aware of that with him i think that she thought that she was a great a mom, mom and like really present and there i thought she you know in the fight i think it was interesting how she was like you know i've i've done this all for you like not true. i you know it was just it was just it was interesting I and thought- she takes the pizza back <laughs>
1: I thought sh- this was a great portrayal
0: of narcissistic personality disorder. I mean, I just thought it was so good. that like, back on the daughter, which mm-hmm. and she was like, um, kind of, I thought it was so funny when she mentioned therapy. She's like, oh, I can tell you're, you're going to therapy mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: that I paid for, right. you know?
1: I mean, so if we zoom out, I think like classic narcissistic personality disorder, I think her husband accuses her of that at some point or like points it out. Um, But so, like, we see Alex is the center of her world, yep. and she is famous and gets all this attention for being on the show. You can tell that, like, her whole family unit of her her, her husband and daughter serves her. Mm-hmm. Like, she is the center. They all... Like her husband and daughter like fall into place. They know how to play their roles and they just do it like no matter what. Right. And I thought like we saw that really clearly when they were driving to that award Mm -hmm. show. And like she's clearly upset about everything. But then her daughter starts to get really upset. And Alex like it just doesn't feel genuine that she cared. It's like I feel like they everyone in her life is there to serve her, Mm -hmm. even her daughter. Um, And I just her daughter points that out in the fight right and then that's like alex can't take it right um as a, a narcissist would not be able to take mm-hmm. it or be able to like see and be accountable for their own behavior because that threatens their already fragile inner sense yeah. of self so they have to flip the switch and Which like she
0: does in a really mm-hmm. big way and comes back with right like your head broke my body like mm-hmm. i had to be like stitched up after you i mean Bet what you a terrible thing to say to mm-hmm. your child
1: and she says like f you yeah. i'm taking this pizza like those are, like, you don't come back from that stuff. You don't come, like, but I felt like that did give us insight into who she authentically mm-hmm. is. And
0: do you think that, because I don't, maybe it was really clear to others, but not me. Was Alex assaulted by Mitch? I still think it's unclear. I don't, it's, I don't think so.
1: Like, I, are you talking about the scene where she's talking to Mitch? Uh, well, the, or just overall?
0: that that scene was like the only reason i thought she wasn't right like because it, it seems it felt like, she was, like she was manipulating him or, or she could say that but then like all of this other stuff and then in the last episode there was some point where like it did it did come up again where in a way that really made me think that she was mm. um well i think she was certainly harassed
1: Like, we saw that in that throwback episode where, you know, he's, like, commenting on that uh, the other anchors, like, dress and her body and, like, well, uh, you'd look great in that dress, Alex, because then she wouldn't be wearing it, blah, 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 blah. Like, I think certainly that was going on. And maybe now that we're talking about it, it seems like that's another gray area, right? Like, could she... You you don't always have to be victim or perpetrator. Like, she probably was a little bit of both. Oh, yeah. You no, know, like, I think so in general. She probably was a victim and like turned the other way. You know, mm-hmm. do I think she was as victimized as like Hannah? I don't know, but I would be surprised because she has more power than Hannah, um, but certainly could be. Yeah. I mean, she would be like almost like the ultimate. This is gross, but th- putting myself in like Mitch's mind, like the ultimate like conquest for him because of her power. Mm-hmm. Um, like if he could like get her, then like he, right? You know, I don't know. What do you think?
0: For I feel like it happened early on, like, like in be- there, mm, you know, like ten, mm. you know, ten, twelve years ago, um, and then she maybe like forget it forgot it like kind of intentionally and then mm. turn the blind eye to everything else or like kind of told herself that it was more cons- i i don't know that's
1: yeah, just that's actually thought. really interesting to think about because i think they talk about there were like two times maybe mm-hmm. they allude to like having sex but it's not clear like when that happened right. what what were the circumstances were they both co-anchors then or were they not right. like
0: what was the power differential with them um yeah that's a great point point. and was it also just like you know mitch being manipulative like it, even just like maybe alex was really down you know maybe she just was like having Hannah. marital problems like yeah. you know and he was just there and they have this like closeness so uh, that was that's just like a that's something that like i would like to know because i mm-hmm. think it would help me frame her a little better yeah but i thought it was interesting too the shot of her daughter watching bradley and alex yeah kind of doing that i feel like that made the daughter feel, like, more like empathetic, connected, sorry for. Yeah, and I just
1: can't, I can't decide, like, where I fall with that, like, at the end. Like, was that Alex, like, finally, like, doing the right thing? Mm. Or was it her, again, trying to just preserve her image? Um, like, I feel like the pessimist in me thinks, like, a narcissist doesn't change their stripes. And I think she's just, like, trying to preserve her image at all costs. Um, and this time it, like, worked in her favor, you hate to say. But then there's another part of me that, like, wants to believe in the good in people. Well, I bet and you believe in the so... good in people, Portia. Yeah, <laughs>
0: because she was so, like, unwell at that scene, right? She, like— yeah. I mean, again, they just learned this happened and all of this is going on behind the scenes. It's like, you know, I think this whole this whole thing was like changing her view on Mitch. And I think she was, you know, that back and forth, like she had this closeness with him. She couldn't see him in that way. She couldn't really believe it. And then like this thing with Hannah was like, oh, my gosh, shattering. Like he is, you know, a monster, a horrible monster like Harvey Weinstein, right? That was so quick for her to be like, oh, he's a pig. And it's like, no, Mitch is too. Right. And I, I don't know. You know, she's you see her walking around the set. She's mm-hmm. just like, you know, she throws the water in that guy. It's all so like intense and organic. Like and, you yeah. know, I think narcissists also like can do things, you know, like, it's not that they don't have a moral compass, you know, they're just, mm-hmm. they're the circle of their moral compass. Right, exactly. So like, you know, I think... That's a good point. again, maybe be... it's not one or the
1: other. Maybe it's both. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's the right thing and it's serving her. Right. So that at that point, because it is serving her, it's easier to do. Yeah. she's a compelling character to say the least and jennifer aniston does a remarkable job portraying Mm -hmm. her which makes me a little worried like i hope that's not who jennifer aniston i don't think it is it can't be right i
0: saw her talk at adam sandler's like um kennedy awards okay they've done so many like movies movies together and she just seems so funny and silly and down to earth down to earth and her and drew barrymore were just like laughing about like who's who is more close with him yeah i don't know i think she's i know i don't see her like that either but you know it's just her acting skills <laughs> it's great you know? yeah I good mean, for that's her why she's so great so what we also wanted to talk about is co- kind of comparing yanko and claire to their relationship mitch yeah. and hannah
1: yeah so again we see claire is i don't know what her role is like intern or yeah. something um uh, but t- she's like uh from a really rich family it comes out but she wants to be in the biz and yanko is the weatherman. mm mm-hmm. <laughs> I just love how much he loves the weather. He like, loves it. Like, that's how I feel about science. Like, mm-hmm. sometimes I just like my, uh, I just want to tell people things like about yeah. the fireworks and the electrons and, and like everyone's face glazes over. But I think it's so cool. That, so I just love how much he loves the weather. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, so they're like in a consensual relationship and it's like, it seems so
0: sweet and right? Like, it, it doesn't feel icky. No, it to doesn't. Me. Like, none of it does. None of it feels icky um, to me. She, you know, he, he seemed really kind of caught off guard and hesitant when we see the flashback of her kind of, like, going up to him and complimenting him and then being, like, really direct with, like, a little bit more of a flirtation, right? Mm-hmm. And him being like, whoa, okay, And, like, kind of walks away. But I feel like, like
1: he's probably not used to, like, no. getting a lot of girls because he's just, like, so into the yeah. weather, right? But there's a part of her that, like, digs it. Right.
0: So, like, like, tell think me about on the I uh, think he would have immediately then pounced. been, like... Oh, like you know, a compliment back or something like that, and the fact that he didn't and was so caught off guard. I mean, again, like if we're just based off the scenes that mm-hmm. we see. It do- it does feel consensual. She mm-hmm. also seems really, like, kind of comically like in charge mm-hmm. in the relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I I think it was a good highlight too of like there's there's also policies in um the workplace for a reason like mm-hmm. just because you know of a breakup again like you're two consenting adults maybe even within the same mm-hmm. you know um role right but like it's still like workplace and things can sometimes end well or not go well so like there that's why there's stuff in place but like it seemed overall like not really impacted by dynamics and maybe it did help that she was very wealthy and like she doesn't need to be doing any of this or well, she's she not doing her, it to like further her career she could have, have her her family call it. and <laughs> have him fired so I loved like that.
1: He... I loved when she said that. But it was just so interesting to like watch their relationship unfold as this is happening because they've been like dating in secret mm-hmm. and stuff. And again, it's like when you first start dating someone, it's not that it's like secret, secret, but you're not like, hey, guess what? Yeah, all the time, right? Right. Um. So you could see why they want to take their time, really suss it out and and feel it out. Um. But you see them getting closer as all this is unfolding, and you see Yanko genuinely like reflecting and being introspective. And checking in with her, right. and that is why he's not a narcissist, mm-hmm. and why he's not icky like Mitch, right? And then we see that eventually Hannah sees her, like, going into his room mm-hmm. with the whole wild, you know, when they were um, in California for the wildfires. And, ah, uh, the, the interviews by
0: HR were just, whew, what did you think of those? Like, bizarre. I mean, I was like confused why if if she right is the one that they're really kind of concerned about why it's such a horrible interview and why him being right the one who i would assume them being concerned of being like the perpetrator of it was like great i know like it was just it should have been like reversed but and it's also like is this like
1: the gender dynamic but then it's like yeah why aren't they going harder on him it's almost like Again, like, no one believes women. <laughs> like, Claire is saying, like, no, I wasn't coerced. I really like him. We're in a relationship. I don't want to tell you about our sex life. And they, like, don't believe her. And they keep pushing and pushing right. and pushing. And I guess on the one hand, it's like, okay, you want to have some degree of skepticism because if someone is being coerced and the other person is in a more powerful position, maybe they're not going to feel comfortable to tell you. But, like, you have to have some tact, mm-hmm. right? And, and be, like, have some gut instinct right. or like no when when do you push when do you pull back and they just kept pushing
0: her and made her so uncomfortable on well, hannah not going to claire which i thought was a really good point first um and just like to asking her being like hey i saw you go into yanko's room like what's going on and mm-hmm. then claire like i mean there's two ways to look at it but i think again like for Claire, like, that was a violation, right? Mm-hmm. Like, her personal sex information is now being shared mm-hmm. in a non-consensual way. Right. Um, You know, starting at the process and then the questions and then how it was left, it was just, like, So intrusive. Bad. And, and I think that's, again, like, we need to do better mm-hmm. and – Because I can also see from
1: yeah, I can also see it from Hannah's perspective why she would go and be afraid of her friend, and she's already triggered herself. So there's some level of projection and fear, and like sometimes, like when bad things come out, you feel like and sometimes it is the right decision to like go to the authorities who can help you rather than talk to the victim Mm -hmm. themselves or something, right? Like it just gets so sticky and confusing. Um, But it was just a really interesting portrayal of. I guess, how HR might handle it. And I wouldn't, mm. I mean, you want to think it wouldn't happen, but like, I don't think I'm naive enough to think, and I'm pretty naive to think that like this kind of stuff yeah. doesn't happen.
0: I also think it's not, and I don't know whose role it is, but I think it it feels just like it shouldn't be HR's role because it feels so personal and delicate Mm -hmm. and it's like these people you know you're in hr like i feel like there should be a line where it's like if something like this is coming up you're bringing in like a consultant
1: or it's like yeah or it's like an eap therapist you know it's like okay let's keep it to
0: from hr who you know hr
1: their job should be like okay do you feel threatened like you should ask the questions and if they say no you believe them and then you say if anything changes like here's here's who you call, right? right? Or like, we have this yep. therapist, but I just want you to meet with them once and see where it goes. Yep. Right?
0: Like someone else who can suss it out a little better, right? Who's not then at work with you. Right. Like, yeah. That just feels really weird. And, and, you know, in all sorts of sizes of companies, it's like sometimes HR, um, I know the last place I worked, we probably had, I don't know, like 250 employees, 200 employees. And There was like two people in HR, and like I knew them, and they were funny, and like so, their desk. It's a conflict of interest. It's a huge conflict of interest for these matters, not for you know the other stuff that people who are lovely in HR do, right?
1: (laughs) But but again, it's like this portrayal of HR. I feel like HR went too far. Oh, like, yeah. they were intrusive yep. and invasive, and I felt like asking really inappropriate questions yep. of her when she had said, like, I'm good, I'm fine. Mm-hmm. You know, like, ugh, I wish we could have an HR professional on yeah. sometime to sort of,
0: like, let us know what's it like. Because this also seems really stressful for them. Yeah, like, and it's not – they're just I – mean, and maybe there should be – maybe the answer is, like, really, really – um, significant trainings around this specifically Mm -hmm. and how to be delicate and who to call and when to bring other people in i feel Mm -hmm. like some people i I don't know that would be a question for them like are you trained in how to manage a sexual misconduct issue at work or is it like just you kind of going by the
1: book and like from the legally legal sort of side but what about like the psychological side and human side and i think clearly obviously we're interested in that side um, but it's a really good point. Um, and sadly, like, I was so sad when, like, fi- like, it was really interesting to see both of their reactions. Yanko was like, yay, let's shout from the rooftops. I can mm-hmm. take you out to a real dinner. I'm going to buy you a steak. And Claire's like that was the worst experience of my whole life. And then it makes her really doubt the relationship. Yeah. And I think she starts to think like, well, even if it is consensual, what is everyone going to think? Right. And is that what my whole identity is going to be in this like in this company? Exactly. Exactly. Um, and so they sort of like stop seeing each other and they're both so sad. And then at the end, when she comes mm-hmm. to him and he hugs her, I was like, Oh, oh. yeah.
0: They they did a really good job, I think, of portraying multiple women of multiple ages in multiple
1: from different races
0: sensual to consensual like dynamics at work. You yes, know, it was I like totally there was agree. Hannah, Mia, maybe Alex, right. Claire. Claire, like it was just Bradley really interesting
1: to see all of it yeah. unfold. Um, I totally agree. I thought it was fascinating. Um, I'm excited for us to cover season two. I'm excited, I'm excited to watch start watching two. it now that we've recorded this. Um, are there any other final thoughts for our episode
0: today? I don't think so. I mean, I think just maybe maybe mia i mean i think we didn't talk about her enough i wanted to to discuss that one scene at the birthday party at the bar when um mia and hannah and claire all kind of like get into it about mitch Mm. and it it was just so interesting now having watched the whole show and knowing all the details like all of their reactions right claire is like they've all been drinking and Mm -hmm. claire is you know like F Mitch, we should burn his genitals. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, um, and then like Mia has a strong reaction to that, I think she out really how complicated like, things can be. And I Hannah's she... like, then asks Mia a question. I forget what it was, but that makes Mia then reactive and leave it. Like it was just so interesting then it being the three of them.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I feel like Mia loved Mitch. Like I feel like they had a relationship, mm-hmm. not just an affair. Like I feel like they were in a relationship. And you even got the sense from his wife, right, that she knew that too. So I feel like Mia like loves him and she must feel really mixed up about that now.
0: And how did I want to know like how did it start? Cuz yes. she knew about
1: the button. the button.
0: Um yeah, I just, you know, I I I'm glad I think Mia is in, you know, the season 2. Um, I want yeah, I want to see
1: more from mm-hmm. Mia. She was such a compelling character. Her character arc, I think, displayed, like, the retaliation and retribution that anyone but women can face in the workplace with something like it, like, so clearly. And we saw that, like, in the past when Mitch wanted her off his team and then in the future when Chip is trying to, like, do the right thing, so to speak, and fires that guy for being... Um, oh, yeah. rude yeah. and saying something inappropriate and then she's like you can't do that like i don't want this to be my whole identity forever and it's just so complex and complicated mm. right and then
0: she kind of speaks into the mic right yes. To the whole studio and after another person makes a comment and i I'm, I'm hopeful that that's kind of where it ends and also then like at the end of the day with the situation with hannah and then with obviously alex and bradley giving that like you know breaking news story and then it gets cut. i loved how it ended like that and every i thought it was great to see how everyone was watching it right like fred's like running down mia locks the door she locks him out chip is outside watching it on like times square and so disheveled and like just just mitch is watching it you know then and then it ends which i thought was such an interesting scene it's mitch right i you know sitting at the table And the camera's like at his house, I think, and the camera's just like pulling back from him and he's just sitting there. And it was like 10 seconds, which is a long time for, you know, one scene of him just sitting. And I was like, that's how season one ends. Like, Wait till you see season two. mm, That's all I have to say. All right. Well, we should
1: wrap it up now. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But this was, uh, I feel like we could do 10 episodes on this season. There was so much to talk about. I'm impressed with us that we got through so much Mm -hmm. so quickly. Um, But for anyone out there listening, please... Like, interact with us. Let yeah. us know what do you think about the show? What do you think about the themes portrayed? Do you agree with us? Do you disagree with us? Like, we would love to engage with you and hear what you have to say. Um, so follow us on Instagram at Analyze Scripts, TikTok Analyze Scripts Podcast. And we will see you next Monday with our next episode. Great. All Thanks. right. Bye. This podcast and its contents are a copyright of Analyzed Scripts, all rights reserved. Any redistribution or reproduction of part or all of the contents in any form is prohibited. Unless you want to share it with your friends and rate, review, and subscribe, that's fine. All stories and characters discussed are fictional in nature. No identification with actual persons, living or deceased, places, buildings, or products is intended or should be inferred. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only. The podcast and its contents do not constitute professional, mental health, or medical advice. Listeners might consider consulting a mental health provider if they need assistance with any mental health problems or concerns. As always, please call 911 or go directly to your nearest emergency room for any psychiatric emergencies. Thanks for listening and see you next time. This podcast and its contents are a copyright of analyzed scripts, all rights reserved. Any redistribution or reproduction of part or all of the contents in any form is prohibited. Unless you want to share it with your friends and rate, review, and subscribe, that's fine. All stories and characters discussed are fictional in nature. No identification with actual persons living or deceased, places, buildings, or products is intended or should be inferred. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only. The podcast and its contents do not constitute professional, mental health, or medical advice. Listeners might consider consulting a mental health provider if they need assistance with any mental health problems or concerns. As always, please call 911 or go directly to your nearest emergency room for any psychiatric emergencies. Thanks for listening and see you next time.